You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. I want to revisit a couple, a few guys here, and, and I want to start with uh, in L.A. with Puka Nakua. Um, what you wrote about him, what did you see in his game? How do you think he fits in? Um, look, this is a team in L.A., we know they've got Cooper Cup, and he's going to see all the work in the world, but they need other guys. Um, Van Jefferson is somebody that I think can step forward. I think he could play that, you know, that that Robert Woods inside-outside role. But still, this is a team that runs 11 personnel almost exclusively, right? So yeah. what are we talking about with the Rams? When, who's going to be their third wide receiver? Josh Norris pointed out on Twitter that there's a 60-spot positional difference between the Rams wide receiver one, Cooper Cup, and their wide receiver two, assuming that it is Van Jefferson. And I will actually talk about Van Jefferson a little bit later, spoiler alert. But um, There you go. And in 2021 with Stafford, Josh pointed out that the Rams were third in pace when trailing and fourth in neutral pass rate. And they could be doing a lot of trailing with that defense this year, right? So there's, oh, yeah. it's, there's a ton of opportunity in L.A. And I, I actually kind of feel like – I think when you look at the Rams receiver room, obviously we talked about Cooper Cup a couple episodes – last episode. You know, he can play uh, outside, but he's primarily best as being like that big slot, move around the formation type. And I think – Puka actually fits in best as that Robert Woods type when you look at these guys. Uh, I think Van Jefferson's more of like a vertical X receiver. Um, And then you look at Puka who, you know, when you look at – so both these guys are talking about him and Michael Wilson. Uh, They're in the, you know, the rookie roundup mini samples uh, on like later round draft prospects. Uh, Puka I think might have been my favorite guy. Uh, project that was like a day three draft pick. I really like him as a player. You see a ton of reps with him working multiple positions. Majority of his snaps came in the slot, 41.1% mm. in the three games sampled for reception perception, but um, 15.6% was in the backfield as a pre-snap motion player. That was key with Robert Woods's role. Uh, he was on the line of scrimmage for 39% of his snaps, off the line for 61%. So again, I think he's going to be like a pre-snap motion flanker type. And he's pretty big, 6'2", 201 yeah. pounds, and he showed an ability to beat man coverage too, seventy four point two percent success rate versus man coverage in that in those games sampled. Uh, I also thought he had great contact balance as an after catch mover, some build up speed too. I really think he's got some ability, uh, Puka Nakua. And uh, look, he's a day three draft pick. I'm not saying like he's about to come in and light the league on fire as a <laughs> as a rookie, but okay. if he ha- earns a big role on this wide open depth chart, I mean that wouldn't be surprising at all because I think he's like a if I could to use two words to describe Puka Nakua, it would yeah. be rugged and reliable. And I feel like the Rams need a little bit, a little bit of that in their offense right now. I'm a little bit worried about his athletic profile. One, I like his size, obviously 6'2", 200 plus pounds. Um, you know, at BYU, he, he wasn't all that productive. His last season at BYU is very interesting. You know, he played nine injuries. games. 
a lot of injuries, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, 48 receptions and 625 yards. Uh, his junior season at BYU, um, 12 games, and again, uh, even uh, 43 catches for 805 and six touchdowns. So, you know, he averaged 18.7 yards per catch his junior season, which is what you'd like to see. Uh, but overall, not a hugely productive player. And, and I get that BYU, uh, those seasons weren't necessarily, you know, the best teams out there. I understand. Um, but yeah, I, I've got some, I guess I, I just have some concerns there with his overall athleticism. Uh, but I do like the size. I, I kind of envision him more as like, not really, again, I, I, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't see him having ability to kind of separate himself outside. I really see him as this like big slot guy. Uh, that could that that could create some matchup problems in the middle of the field. Well, and I think that's what's key about seeing Cooper Cup play a little bit more outside is that there was a lot of times in that Rams offense when they were at their peak with the three receiver sets where Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were kind of overlapping roles a little bit. Um, okay. Now I think Cooper Cup has such a unique role and such like a singular such a singular role when it comes to NFL receivers, but. They would get Robert Woods lined up in the slot sometimes. Again, he would definitely be used as like a pre-snap motion guy, even part of the running yep. game too. You know, they oh, would yeah. use Robert oh, yeah. Woods on on the run game a lot, and that was definitely something that um, that uh, that would was present with with Puka Nakua. Like they would use him in the run game okay. as well. Uh, so I think that that's just the role he fits in best. It's a little bit of slot, it's some flanker stuff, and it's like pre-snap motion. And yeah, I just I mean, when you look at the Rams receiver core, man, it's just like. Is that third receiver going to be Tutu Atwell? Is it going to be like Ben Skoranek again? There's just not. Demarcus Robinson lurks. I mean, I know that Demarcus Robinson is not a great player, but he lurks. I mean, again, if we're talking about a guy, if you want to get Cooper Cup lined up inside pretty much. And again, I I know he played, you know, outside uh, a bit last year, but you would, I think, want Cooper Cup inside, you know, 80% of the time. Who's going to play outside? Van Jefferson's certainly going to be one guy. Who's the other guy? Could be Demarcus Robinson. Um, and knowing Sean McVay, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of mix and match and try to figure out a way to generate some kind of production um, for their third wide receiver. I said, by the way, I said they always run 11 personnel, and, and I'm really not exaggerating, okay? Uh, according to Next Gen Stats, they actually ran the highest percentage of 11 personnel in the NFL last year, nearly 91% of their offensive plays featured 11 personnel far and away. The most in the NFL, the Bengals were number two at 82%. So kind of gives you an idea um, of what Sean McVay likes to do. I think it's actually kind of funny because the way that Sean McVay runs this offense, I know he sets that baseline 11 personnel look, and then he confuses defenses because it's the same look and then they move around, right? Mm-hmm. There's all that pre-snap motion and, and, and just all the route concepts from the same base personnel, I think, confuses defenses. Like there's no tells, right? Like there's no tells in Sean McVay's offense. You don't know whether it's going to be a run or a pass or what kind of pass it's going to be. And I think that's kind of sort of the genius in terms of what Sean McVay does. And don't forget there was that end to the 2019 season for Tyler Higby where he went crazy and they used like they actually used a ton of 12 personnel cuz they felt mm. I believe 
I, I, I don't know if that was the year that Cooper Cup got injured or they were dealing – or that might have been the year Brandon Cooks got injured for in 2019. And um, they just like, you know what? We actually wanted to be – originally we wanted to be a 12 personnel team, but we just had better receivers and we had tight ends. But right now it's kind of the inverse where we have better tight ends than we have receivers. And Hig- Higby, by the way, like when you do projections – which I'm, I'm about to wrap up my projections today and hopefully get the redraft fantasy rankings. I know people are looking for those on the site, the tiers, the annual tiers cheat sheet. When you do projections, yeah. <laughs> you do projections for, um, <laughs> for, for, for like, you know, the, the Tyler Higby stuff is comes out looking so good. Cause it's just like, man, who's commanding a ton of targets here on this offense besides <laughs> Cooper cup. Like he's, he's going to get his right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm excited about uh, Tyler Higby and fantasy, but, He's gonna moonwalk into a bunch of targets, and then and then and then they also don't forget they traded Jalen Ramsey, who's injured right. now, but they got yep. like a third round pick, and then this tight end Hunter Long, who's done like nothing, you know, really nothing in the NFL. But okay. um, there's a lot of like, oh, is he gonna break out this year? Is he gonna break out this year in in LA? I don't know, maybe maybe not, but maybe they become like a twelve personnel team this year because. They look at their receiver depth and they're like, ah, yeah, it's just, it's not there. It's not there. So we'll see. I don't know. It's, it, a lot That's is up in the air about about sure. the Rams. Uh, a lot is up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, and again, I think, uh, I think when you – I really liked Gerald Everett, by the way, uh, on that Rams team. And I think he's given um, you know the Chargers some decent production as well. Anyways, whatever. We move on. Uh, what about Michael Wilson there in Arizona, Matt? Um, I think this is a guy that you very quietly – I know it's going to be a bad offense, but I'm just saying very quietly could walk into quite a bit of volume if you think about it. They've got Hollywood Brown. And then what? Zach Ertz is injured and, you know, Trey McBride's going to start the season as the starter. Uh, uh, Greg Dortch, Rondell Moore. Uh, there's not really a ton there. I, I think Michael Wilson, who I thought, again, you talk about, a, a you know, a rugged player. I, I think he could give Arizona some much needed, you know, tough looks. People are sleeping on Michael Wilson, I think. Uh, and he's another guy featured in that rookie roundup mini samples on, on these players. So, you know, it's only a couple games, two, three games that I've got a uh, reception perception on him, but I mean, yeah, you just look at him and he stands out from the Cardinals receiver core. We know I like, I really like Hollywood Brown. I think Hollywood Brown is like an underrated receiver, not the best mm-hmm. press man coverage beater, but he's a good zone beater and, you know, a solid route runner overall. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to get and he's going to command a boatload of targets this year. We'll see who the quarterback is, of course, but I think he's going to get a lot of targets. But then the next guy is like probably Rondell Moore. And Rondell Moore can't play outside. I I don't think Mm -hmm. he can play outside. I think he is a slot gadget guy. He showed a little bit more real receiver stuff last year after having the weirdest reception perception profile of all time as a rookie. (laughs) You know, when he had that like – and he also had like a 1.1 A dot or whatever. You know, he's basically doing like running backs. He's like like running Austin Eckler routes, you know, Uh, as as a receiver. So I I think you look at Michael Wilson, he could – be the X receiver in this offense. Cause I like Hollywood Brown, but he's probably not your X just because of the size and like his ability to deal with press. So you look at Michael Wilson, a guy who is the bigger player, 69.2% success rate versus man coverage, 70.4% success rate versus press coverage in his mini sample, really good uh, curl route runner, um, some intermediate stuff as well there. Uh, he's not 
perfect. He's, he makes some mistakes in contested situations. He's got to work on his hands a little bit, but uh, I think he's got the fundamentals uh, down as a to expand himself as a route runner. So if he plays a bigger role as a rookie, if this is still a three receiver set team, I mean, I, I think he's going to be on the field a ton because I just don't think Rondo. I don't think you can have Marquise Brown as your X and Rondell Moore as your flanker and really be a threatening re- receiver core there. Is Rondell Moore, in in your opinion, is Rondell Moore anything other than just a explosive gadget guy? Uh, I I would like to get a full profile up on him before the season starts, especially if he's going to like moonwalk into uh, a ton of targets or whatever. But right. just looking back on the, I did a few games of him uh, for the in season charting uh, this past year, so I have a few games of him. I wrote uh, for him. Rondo Moore has slightly evolved after posting the weirdest profile in RP history as rookie. I think his week five role is his best fit and likely long term home. That was where he was playing more as a slot guy. Uh, 47.6% success rate versus man uh, in his game sampled for this for the in-season tracker. So, yeah, I, I don't see him as I, – I think he could be a slot but not a high-volume slot and probably more of, yeah, like a gadget guy. All right, Michael Wilson, uh, 6'2", 213 pounds. If you're wondering why he's going to stand out, he will literally stand out. Uh, yeah. from that receiver room because everyone else is so small, man. <laughs> like, what is going on? Uh, they've got the smallest wide receiver room in the NFL. It's crazy. Uh, 6'2", 213 pounds. Not, not, not an explosive athlete, I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination. He ran a 4.5840 uh, with a 37.5-inch vertical, which, by the way, 37.5, I think that's fine. Uh, 4.58, mm, yeah, we, we'd like to see that come down a little bit. But for his size, 6'2", 213, it's not the worst time in the world. Um, and I just feel like, again, he's not a finesse player. Go, go turn on some Michael Wilson Stanford. Yeah. This guy's not a finesse player. You know, he likes playing a little bully ball. I, the one thing I really like about him is that he really attacks that football in the air. Um, you know, if you need a contested catch, I think he, he's, he's going to fight for it. I, he doesn't have the best hands in the world, but you know, again, I, I think his catch radius is pretty long. Uh, pretty wide, but yeah, you'd like you'd like to see him come down with a few more, you know, tougher catches. Uh, but you know he's going to fight for it, and, and I think that's kind of what I liked uh, seeing uh, from Michael Wilson from his Stanford days. And again, it's just I, Matt. I don't know if you agree, but I think there's something to be said about some of that toughness, you know. Like, and and again, I'm not one of these old school football heads or whatever, yeah. but like you know, uh, set a tone a little bit, man. And Michael Wilson could be a little bit of a tone setter. You know, all these other guys, you know, they're finesse players, you know, and this dude, he's, <laughs> he ain't a finesse player, man. Like he's going to try to smack you in the mouth and get that football. I like that call. And and I think too, the Cardinals are trying to establish like a culture this year, right? Yeah. Where, man, I mean, how good of a team are they really going to be this year? You know, I think uh, Kyler, yeah, they're going to be bad. Kyler Murray, like he doesn't even have a timetable to play right now. I mean, I could see a scenario where he doesn't even play at all this year just because like they're so Same. bad that they're like, all right, yep. yeah, we're going to try to trade him. But at the same time, if you're going to be that bad and you're Jonathan Gannon, who I think was probably hired to be like a culture guy, like, you know, right. You want a tone setter out there. Michael Wilson maybe can be a part of that. They, were, they drafted him pretty high. So. I think there. I think he's going to be big, uh, big time involved in their plans this year. Yeah, end of the third round was uh, Michael Wilson. Okay, what about Zay Flowers, man? Give me, give me the dirt on Zay Flowers. Let's revisit his profile. 
Yeah, Zay Flowers has been getting a lot of positive buzz out of Ravens camp. And, you know, generally we know the deal with the Ravens this year is that they are going to up the pace. They're going to up the tempo. Uh, right. I love Rashad Bateman, but Rashad Bateman has had a rocky offseason. He's had a rocky history with health since coming into yep. the league. Um, I I basically just wanted I want to be in on these Ravens receivers uh, because I can see I, we talked about Odell Beckham. I really like Beckham. I obviously really like Bateman, but Flowers, man, you know, he's he's interesting, and I think he could end up being the best of this bunch uh, by the really? end of his rookie season. Yeah, totally. Because if Bateman's not healthy, if Bateman's just not the same player after injuries, if okay. Beckham obviously uh, as good as Odell Beckham is, you know, we just. We don't know where he is as a player. No clue. Zero clue. No clue. And and how long is he going to last, right? Like, even if he has a hot September, does he fade as the season wears on with more time and, you know, potentially more injuries and stuff like that? And Zay Flowers just – I really liked his profile. You know, I, I liked him okay. better than Jordan Addison. I liked him better than Quinton Johnston. And I, it's no really disrespect to those players. I just think that Flowers brought – the ability to play all three different positions. And I think that's been a key thing from training camp so far. It sounds like they're lining him up all over the field. Um, you know, Zay Flowers, 22, 29.2% of his sampled snaps were from the slot, 39 at right wide receiver, 26.2% on the left. He took 58% of his snaps behind the line and 41.8% on the line. So playing at X, playing at flanker, playing at slot, um, I think he's – gonna probably play a ton of slot this year if if Beckham and and Bateman are out there but a guy that can win on over and a guy who can beat man coverage 73.1% success rate versus man in his rookie reception perception profile 72.7% against press coverage and when you look at Derek Klassen's Lamar Jackson profile you know he mm-hmm. was a good man man coverage uh, adjusted accuracies success percentage was really high 70 68.3% um, for Lamar there. I also think you look at like his success rate on curl routes, Lamar Jackson throwing curl routes. That's going to be key with Zay Flowers. Um, you know, some of those outbreaking routes, Zay Flowers really good uh, working towards the outside there. So I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm starting to think that Flowers could be the guy in December that, that like is the most productive receiver on this team. And I think a lot of his reception perception profile backs up like Lamar Jackson, like lines up really well with Lamar Jackson's strengths. And it makes sense why he's getting a lot of pop in training camp right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Where Derek Klassen said Lamar Jackson struggled was deep over the field, right? Um, A 58% success rate on digs and a 44% success rate on post. Not great. Receiver talent obviously played a factor, uh, and Greg Roman's offense played a huge factor uh, as well. But the bottom line is, Derek said this, look, the bottom line is he's just not a great downfield thrower. Um, Taking nothing away from his abilities because Derek also put him in the elite tier of quarterbacks. Um, So he's got nothing but respect for Lamar overall. But if he's got warts in his game, certainly it's going to be in over the top. 
Um, and again, receiver talent had to have played a big uh, part of that. But yeah, you're right. Uh, was, you know, uh, according to Derek, I think, I think he was a little bit, he thought he was a little bit better against man uh, versus the field versus zone versus the field, right? Um, so there's something to be said there. Hey, listen, Zay Flowers, okay, um, 5'9", 180. He ran a 4'4", 240 with a 35 and a half inch vertical. I think he's a good athlete. He's not a great athlete, um, mm-hmm. especially given his size. So this is an offense that I, I think I am so curious. What does Odell have left in the tank from a speed perspective? Uh, because I think what they've got now is a collection. And again, health is such a big factor in this Matt man, but um, if they can get those three guys going, I think they've got three good athletes. They don't have any great athletes, but I do think they need to attack the field as a unit. Um, I, I would just be really concerned if one or both of Odell and Rashad Bateman aren't totally right. Um, how much can they really rely on Zay Flowers? Um, there's gonna, you would think, right, that there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve uh, for Zay going from Boston College to the pro game. The one thing I would think is helpful that you see a lot of with Zay Flowers um, in college, his quarterback, mm, not so great. You know, no, it was uh, bad. not not was great. That was bad. That was bad. But I think what you see with Zay Flowers is he did a lot of work. It didn't always come to fruition because of that quarterback. But you know, when the quarterback gets in trouble, there's pressure, stuff like that. He is pretty good about like breaking off his routes and adjusting. Um, and scramble drills again didn't like lead to anything positive because the offense just wasn't very good. But 4.6 percent, so not a high percentage, but that's like within the collegiate average. 4.6 percent of his routes were other, mostly like scramble drill routes. 92.9 percent success rate for Zay Flowers. So wow. even if wow. he's like getting used to the speed of NFL defenses and the speed of you know, the physicality of corners on the outside in the mm-hmm. NFL compared to the collegiate game. We know Lamar is going to scramble. We know the play is going to break down. And maybe as that like short uh, area slot receiver, that's where Zay Flowers can make some plays. Other wide receivers on Baltimore squad, Devin Duvernay, who flashed some ability at times last year, and Nelson Aguilar. They also picked up Laquan Treadwell. Uh, of course. So, yes, of course. Uh, I don't know how many teams Laquan Treadwell's played for now, but uh, it seems like a lot. Uh, someone's always going to take a chance on uh, the former first rounder, so we'll see. Uh, but those are the other guys, Devin DuVernay, Nelson Aguilar, and Laquan Treadwell somewhere in the mix as well. James Prochet, I don't even know how to say the last name. James Prochet, yep, James, James Prochet, Prochet yeah. James Prochet, also in the mix there too. But uh, by the way, we didn't even mention Mark Andrews or Isaiah Likely, uh, two guys that obviously right. are going to get a lot of play um, in this Baltimore offense as well. All right, uh, those are your lookbacks. Um, and again, we did talk about those guys previously, but again, with with training camps, you know, starting, and we got some updated information. Blah 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 blah. That's how. That's who we're talking about. Nuka Pakua, uh, Michael Wilson, who I agree with, man. I, I think he's got an opportunity uh, to really set himself apart here in what is probably going to be a bad Arizona offense, but whatever. Uh, we're, we're looking for opportunities in fantasy football. And with that, let's talk about some late round guys. Uh, all those guys that we mentioned will be late later round selections, uh, even Zay Flowers. But give me some late round guys uh, at the wide receiver position, Matt. And we're talking late, late, late uh, that you really like and think could pop off. Yeah, I wanted to call these kind of like favorite double digit wide receivers slash forgotten wide receivers. Um, 
you know, the one guy who doesn't really stand out, and I just want to mention his name because he is my favorite, like double digit round receiver, is Nico Collins. Uh, we've talked okay. a lot about Nico Collins here, so yeah. he doesn't really fit in this group. But just since we're talking about double digit round favorites, um, I really like uh, you know him as a as a double digit round guy. But kind of this forgotten group of players. One we talked about Van Jefferson. Uh, I think people forget that Van Jefferson was really good in 2021. I agree. Uh, he was totally. He agree. was banged up last year. We know he came into the year um, banged up. We also talked a lot about on this podcast, like how that was kind of sneaky, a big deal that people just like yada yada, like all oh, Van Jefferson's not going to be there. But one, it, look, I was way too high on Allen Robinson last year, but we knew that Allen Robinson wasn't going to be like a vertical threat for this team. Uh, right. and Van Jefferson is a vertical threat. You know, you look back at his 2021 reception perception profile, 63.8% success rate on nine routes, 81.5% success rate on post routes. Uh, I really like that as to kind of like but the shot plays, you know, and, and look, if Stafford's back there, they're going to whip it. And I think they're going to whip it to Van Jefferson, who was good the year they won the Super Bowl. 53rd percentile success rate versus man. You know, that's a pretty solid number. It's not special, but it's solid. And I would like to get a 22 profile up on him because I just think he's kind of an underrated deep vertical route runner, Van Jefferson. He's my yeah. kind of – I really like him. You know, Jacoby Myers, I think, deserves to be mentioned. Reports out of uh, Raiders camper that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is struggling with the long ball. Okay, shock. well, guess what? Yeah, shock. <laughs> but guess guess who's going to be open on uh, all the short and intermediate stuff? It's going to be Jacoby Myers, who the team paid right. a good bit of money to. I think he's kind of hey, forgotten. To, yeah, go to for piggyback it. on that too, though, there's also reports that uh, that uh, Hunter Renfro is kind of like completely fallen out with the Raiders. Oh yeah, right? they like so, want to trade him, but nobody wants to trade for him, I guess, because they gave right. him a, a sh- they gave him a shitload of money before deciding they don't like him anymore. It's just baffling, baffling because Hunter Renfro is actually a good football player and the Raiders cannot figure out how to get him on the field. Like, come on, so man. Weird. Like, again, uh, hand, noted hands eater, Zach, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Matt Collins was playing like 96% Matt Collins playing 96% of the snaps. Uh, Hunter Renfro couldn't even get out there. What's going on? I don't understand. Anyways, but keep going. <laughs> Well, they saw they saw Mac Hollins eating spaghetti with his hands and, and Hunter Renfro, you know, using a fork like a softy, and they're like, you know what, we gotta get we gotta get Mac on the field. Hundred percent. I hear that. Hundred <laughs> percent. What a what a weirdo. Okay, I love it. Um, yeah, but no, no, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. I I I, I love that call there in uh, Las Vegas too. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think, is another one who obviously his best days in reception perception were earlier on in his career. You know, of course, but at the same time, there right now, basically any ADP source you look at is going to have Brandon Cooks way ahead of Michael Gallup, and yeah, uh, I I just don't know if I buy that there's going to be that big of a gap. Um, okay, and uh, look, I I don't know because obviously Gallup last year wasn't very good. Uh, he struggled to separate coming off an ACL tear too early. But Gallup in 2019 and 2021, 71.2% success rate versus man, uh, 72% in 2020, 75.5% success rate versus press in 2020. Like if he can get, and he was never, he wasn't a great like zone beater or anything, but that's because he's running those high degree of difficulty X receiver routes. If he can get up back up to that kind of standard, like 
Dallas really needs that X receiver to step up, and it's going to be Michael Gallup, not Brandon Cooks, and not C.D. Lamb, who's going to play more as a slot guy. So I think he's worth kind of considering. And the only kind of young, guy, exciting guy I have on this list uh, okay. of like forgotten wide receivers is Isaiah Hodgins, who I think people are forgetting how good Hodgins was last year. And like I love, I, I love Sterling Shepard. I'm glad he's back out there. But, right. you know, we'll see how long he can stay healthy. 77.8% success rate versus press uh, for Isaiah Hodgins last year and a solid 76.4% success rate versus man. He's probably their X receiver, if I had to guess right now, for the New York Giants. And, you know, we know they have a ton of slot guys. They have a ton of flanker potential players. Really the yeah, one guy I think can play X on this offense is Isaiah Hodgins, and, and he is, you know, kind of forgotten at this point. And, and last name I'll throw out. Okay. I mentioned Alan. I mentioned Allen Robinson earlier, and I I just kind of feel like he's going to be a pretty good fit as the slot receiver for the Steelers, <laughs> and, and that's all I'll say. He's free. He's okay. free. You don't. You, right, you he's like goes in round twenty. He's free. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, three names that I will throw out there. Uh, we talked about one, Marvin Mims. Uh, again, he's got. Uh, I I think the the depth chart is is obviously unfortunately thinning out in front of him, and even if it wasn't thinned out in front of him, I think with his explosive ability. Um, you know, we're talking about a guy who ran a sub four, four, right? So this guy could get out run. Um, and, and to be honest with you, that's the one area where you look at Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, these guys don't give you that. They don't give you yeah, that no. explosive downfield, you know, playmaking ability. And by the way, we've highlighted on this very show, Sean Payton loves these speed slot guys, right? So Marvin Mims, who was a highly productive yeah. player in college, explosive athlete. They spent some draft capital on him. I, for the life of me right now, Matt, I cannot figure out why he is going so late. He's going so late in drafts. Uh, we're talking on, you know, four for fours, ADP, 12 team composite. He's going in round 17. Yeah, he's the he's like around ADP 200 overall. I mean, man, that there's some serious value, I think, uh, to be had with Marvin Mims, especially again. If we are sticking to our guns and saying Cortland Sutton ain't that guy anymore, if we're saying that Jerry Judy's got a lot of holes in his game, Marvin Mims could just walk in and just immediately become uh, Russell Wilson's one of his top, you know, target getters there in, in now what is a Sean Payton led offense. So I'm very intrigued with Marvin Mims. Sign me up for his price all day long. Um, a guy that we liked last year and didn't quite come to fruition, but we saw flashes. Alec Pierce there in Indianapolis. Now with Anthony Richardson, he's got this huge arm. Uh, we just made fun of these training camp videos, but man, did you see that training camp video where he's yeah, rolling out I did. and just lobbing one 60 yards downfield to Alec Pierce, baby, let's go. Let's go. That one was exciting. Uh, and that arm talent. That explosiveness from the quarterback position, that's just, they just haven't had that since Andrew Luck. Um, and Alec Pierce, who you and I both love his role in this offense as just a straight up vertical threat, you know, not a, a guy that's really going to sink his hips and stop and come back and, and do those type of things. But you know what? You get him going in a straight line. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy with a 40 inch vertical. So, yes, yeah, sign me up for Alec Pierce. Um, I love these, you know, X receivers that can, you know, do some things yeah. down <laughs> the field. And then, oh, this guy's this. This is my boy right here. Alec Pierce for sure. By the way, posted a very good 40 time as well. So I'm good. Uh, I'm good with Alec Pierce. Uh, and finally, the last guy. 
And, and again, another player, I'm not 100% sure why he's a forgotten man, but Rashid Shahid. I mean, this guy, I mean, what am I missing here with Rashid Shahid, Matt Harmon? Like, this guy yeah. was an explosive player last year. Every single time he touched the ball, it seemed like he was making house calls, man. Um, he's got a ton of highlights. And again, playing opposite Chris Olave, so you know he's not going to see the strongest coverage. Um, and with a huge upgrade at quarterback, at least we hope, with Derek Carr, I think Shahid's got a real opportunity now. There's no other target getters in this offense. You know, it's Olave and, and, and who else? I think it's going to be Shahid will be the clear number two. Um, you know, in this op- offense opposite of Chris Olave. So those are three guys that I really, really like. I like all three of those guys. And, you know, Marvin Mims, his ADP is going to come up, obviously, with Tim Patrick being out of the mix. Sure. But I I still think that just like the entire industry assumes that Jerry Judy's just going to like walk into 130 targets. And, and maybe he does. Maybe he takes a step as a player. But I just don't think that that's how this is going to go. I really think like Marvin Mims, and it's crazy because everybody's excited about rookie receivers. Like everybody's excited about these guys. And and Sean Payton traded up in the second round to get Marvin I Mims, know. bro. Like I they know. want to play, they want to play Marvin Mims, and Mims has a lot of good things in his profile. Like I think he's very T. Y. Hilton esque. So I like him a lot. You know, Alec Pierce definitely. We've talked a lot about the Colts uh, offense and and how we're kind of like sneaky excited about that unit. And mm-hmm. Rashid Shahid, I'll just read a little bit about what I posted about him in the in season tracker. Another guy I'd like to get a full profile up on, but I mean Rashid Shahid can play. He checked in with the sixty eight point five percent success rate versus man coverage in this two game sample. He can rip it on nine routes, seventy one point four percent success rate, but showed potential on base routes like the curl, seventy five percent and dig. 71.4%. Needs work against press coverage if he's going to stick long term and be a full field starter. However, the early signs are quite positive on this guy. And I could, uh, he could be a bit more than a speedster. I could see him filling in somewhere on the John Brown axis of wide receivers. And if you know Ooh. anything about reception perception, Ooh. you know I love John Brown. So um, I'm with you. Anytime Matt Harmon comps a player to John Brown, that's the highest honor <laughs> that you can get. It really is. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So no, uh, I'm I'm with it, man. Um, if you're if you're making that like potential John Brown comp, sign me up for Rashid. I just li- I really liked what he brought to the table uh, last year. Explosive player, uh, and and again with Derek Carr, hopefully we can find a little bit more of that. So there you go. All right, that's your show, man. Um, if you guys are, have stuck with us, that's great, and we appreciate y'all. Uh, hopefully, if it's your first time listening to us, or maybe it's your second or third, and you haven't subscribe please subscribe to the podcast as well um and did you guys know did you know matt Harmon has a youtube page uh, that is doing quite well uh we release a lot of this content uh that maybe you missed on the podcast we release it again on youtube with more visuals and all those kind of things and so uh, i would strongly encourage you guys to subscribe to matt's youtube page as well and where would we be if we did not subscribe to the website too receptionperception.com um by the way matt how excited are you i know you were all gassed up when we had uh, Derek Classen on we got a we got a fresh batch of quarterbacks to be released this week man so it's going to be good stuff yeah uh put it on my list of 1000 things i need to do so i have to read <laughs> Classen's profiles <laughs> I, yes, I yeah absolutely. yeah i'm excited to read them though you know what the one on aaron rodgers uh, i just got done editing and uh, let me tell you very interesting look very interesting look is the one on aaron Rodgers. so uh i would strongly encourage the folks uh to get out there 
and go read his work. All right, so there you go. Uh, that's the show. Reception Perception, the show. Another one in the books. We're going to catch it again in a couple of days here. From Matt Harmon, I'm James Cobb. We'll see you.